ராஜேஷ் I will just read them out. <laughs> uh, so last week, uh, we discussed shlokas 2.59 to 2.61. Um, the first question we picked up was, uh, how can a realized person remain 24 by 7 as Tita Pragya versus how one with theoretical knowledge stay immersed in it 24 by 7? So I think uh, what we discussed was... Uh, that for astita pragya he doesn't think himself of the person so from his perspective there's nothing happening there's no impact there's he doesn't react or he doesn't do anything he doesn't think of himself as that person but whereas the people from outside observe this pr- person as reacting etc and then we said uh, whereas you know one who has theoretical knowledge and not yet experienced it they they do almost like you know you can switch off the 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 tv channels anytime so because you have theoretical knowledge even though that doership is there yet you are able to you know uh, switch channels so i think those are the things we discussed and then um what else did we discuss that um, are we progressing at the right pace that was the second question we picked up and can we do something else to accelerate the pace so uh, two things that were mentioned regarding that that one was within the shlokas it was hinting towards meditation that focus on me the param the supreme self and set desire to the highest goal so that will help accelerate the pace and then the second one which uh, rajesh mentioned mostly it is from the 17th 18th chapter is yagna dan and tapa they help the transformation and they accelerate the progress um then uh, another thing we picked up was uh, do we also distance ourselves from intellect while we disconnect from the body and mind to which i think kishore mentioned that you know that's the difference between mananam and nididhyasan so when we do mananam we use the intellect but nididhyasan is going beyond intellect and making it your reality and then we touched upon grace that uh rajesh had mentioned that there are three types of grace one is guru's grace um the second one is shastra grace and the third one which is quite important is atma grace so uh, for for the atma grace 
I think is where, you know, all the preparation work is required and is important that, you know, we want to do it. And there, I think it also linked to that if we can surrender, then no real need of preparation is required, but then surrendering itself is a, it doesn't come naturally. And to which I like, you know, her, Rajiv had said that, you know, first give 100% effort and then leave it on Bhagwanji. And after many failed attempts, you can flip it and you first surrender and then you still give your 100%. So uh, surrender is not inaction. Uh, but uh, what Muku had said was a great barometer was when we surrender, then there is no stress. So if there's stress, that means the surrender is not fully. Uh, I also read somewhere else that the, the equation that uh, faith plus fear is equal to 100. So if you increase the faith, the fear should reduce. So similarly here, you know, the stress should reduce if your faith, your surrender is increasing. So that's also a great way to, to understand it. And then we touched upon a bit about the uh, Sadhan Chatrishtai, that, you know, the importance is in the order of Mohukshutvam, Vairagyam, some Shamdam, Sampati, and then Vivek. And if you have to build it, then you do it from downwards. And then uh, we, we touched upon that three important things are uh, patience, surrender, and uh, regularity. Nirantarta, Dhairya, and Samarpan. I know, Ajay, you listened to it recently. Anything you recollect from the, uh, from the session that you would want to highlight? <laughs> no, no, I think you've covered it well. I think it was a very interesting conversation. All right, so like usual format, anyone wants to start? We are trying to do shlokas uh, 62, 63, 64, 65 today. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I was not there last time, so I only heard the uh, recording. Uh, so can I ask the person from 61, uh, the earlier part? To... Sure. Right. In, in, in... In, in 61, you know, it is very clear that, you know, just by suppression, we are not going to reach anywhere, right? I mean, uh, if, if somebody just suppresses the indriyas, you know, you're not really going to, it's just uh, probably it'll get covered uh, temporarily for some time, but it's going to come up, right? Uh, and hence, you know, one should be, uh, I mean, one should develop an attitude of completely not uh, getting attached to it. So, uh, so that that part is fine, uh, but if you look at the the, the earlier one, uh, so he says that you uh, know, if even if you, uh, so it doesn't mean so even in sixty one he says that you know it doesn't mean that you know you don't have to enjoy, um, uh, you know, an occasional enjoyment through your senses is also fine as long as you know so they are in your control, right? So uh, that actually gave gives hope. You know that you can also enjoy, uh, you know, certain things. Of course, you know, as long as you are not becoming a slave to it. Uh, but my my question is, you know, in the previous in in the previous slide, I think fifty eight or fifty nine, uh, we talk about um, that even if you stray a little bit, you know, even if it is for uh, uh, somebody who's already, you know, in an advanced stage of uh, you know seeking, so. Even that person, you know, uh, because he becomes overconfident and uh, he, um, you know, he strays and then it's like, uh, you know, complete downfall after that. So how does, you know, so one is, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, you know, 
yes, you know, the abstinence from sensual pressures, uh, sensual, uh, you know, the things, indriyas is fine. I, and that is the, but, you know, I mean, I mean, even initially you are doing it out of uh, force. Uh, isn't that better uh, rather than, uh, you know, trying to think that, okay, I have mastered and then uh, going, you know, and, and then going back in a downhill uh, because you know, I, I'm really, I was not really master of my emotion, you know, of my interests. Vivek, you want to answer, or is it something unrelated? No, I, I want to make it a little messier. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, I mean, I, I did, I did write a comment earlier on exactly this point. Uh, so let me, let me actually pull it up so that I don't, I don't wander off. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, this whole business of, uh, within that that uh, desire uh, is, is also, there's ambition, there's, there's uh, so we've got self-control, and it's, the, the text on 61 um, sets it out very well that, you know, the idea is not to suppress, but to replace and sublimate, I think, I think that's the word. Uh, that's one to be so but it's it's the question is about that process because we have intention we have uh, you know and and intention is a core constituent of ambition right so so if you have an ambition to make a million dollars or buy a big car or a, fa a fancy car or a big house or you know go and eat in a in a fancy restaurant <coughs> there's there's there is an ambition, there's an intention, but then there's an ambition associated with collecting the resources to do all that. Um, but to, to Satya's point, um, there's also, you hear of all these uh, people who have a lifetime of contribution to society, they're leading an austere life, and bam, they suddenly fall off. They get caught up in tax, and you know, they're found out to be evading taxes, or they have uh, sexual harassment cases against them. We've seen so many, you know, in, in yoga, uh, I think Kishore will know this, that, uh, you know, the two leaders in the last hundred years, BKS Iyengar, Patabi Joyce, who created Mysore Ashtanga Yoga, I mean, you know, they have created entire schools of yoga behind them, which is no, no mean feat. They've got tens of thousands of followers. Both of them have been slammed for, you know, uh, sexualized. Uh, uh, sexual uh, sexual harassment under the Me Too movement. Um, so, so it is. You know, what is the exact sort of recipe? And then, then the other other question I had related to this was uh, <coughs> age. At what age? So, should we, you know, at at our fifties, we've gone through careers, we've indulged, we've done all the wrong things. Um, you know, right now we know better, but. You know, our children who are teenagers, I mean, you know, Alpna should be telling your son that gaming is, you know, indulging a desire that, you know, that chair itself represents the antithesis of everything that we're trying to achieve. Uh, so, you know, those are the sort of things that swirl around in my head as well from time to time. So I, I don't know whether I've kind of made it easier or more difficult uh, by putting this forward, but it, it just came up. Brilliant. I just uh, wanted to add something to it before anybody answers. So, <laughs> so I'm not talking in terms of, I mean, Vivek's example of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, million dollars is fine. So I, I 
for me it's a simple one like uh, i know the, the chat that we were having on sechole uh, butter on chatur masala so i i'm just thinking that you know see i love chalo butter okay so i don't want to you know indulge during this time even if it is a sattvic one okay uh, even if it is a sattvic one i don't want to do it uh, i would rather you know uh, you know not um, awaken the uh, you know the, the the taste you know which we talked about in 58 right i mean i don't want to awaken the taste and then probably get into a, a you know spiral you know downwards path after that so i would rather uh, you know i i'm just thinking that you know for me uh, it's okay i mean i will not have the i mean abstinence is one way of uh, not you know reawakening the the taste in my tongue so, <laughs> sorry vidya Uh, morning yeah it was uh, interesting what satya and vivek uh, brought up and i wanted to um, i got reminded of one of the incidences that uh, my mother had gone through and uh, we were in pilani and she uh, used to run a school uh, kids from age 3 to 6 very innocent uh, very pure kids and she loved it there was one kid who would come and every day he would bite one person one of the other kids or teachers <laughs> and um, his father was this big doctor in sarvajanik and they didn't know how to um, you know take care of that and my mother was thinking and she would talk to us about it and and um, the thing that kate she came up with which i'm interpreting now uh, it may not be her interpretation is that she loves kids even now she just raves about any kid it doesn't matter whose kid it is and that's how she has raised us to how she sees other person she raised us like that and uh, she said that he must be such a pure person that he loves the other person that's why he's biting that was her <laughs> way of thinking and uh, the next day she goes uh, to the kid and says that you know you love the other person tumne usko isliye kaat liya kyunki wo tum itna pyar karte ho i'm just relating that in hindi because that's how it was and she said to tum mujhe pyar karte ho mujhe bhi kaato <laughs> so she said that and she made him you know bite her and understand like how it is um, and then she said इतना अच्छा लगा तुमने मुझे मुझे काट लिया बट मुझे बहुत दर्द हो रहा है तो तुम्हारा जो ये यू नो द वे यू आर शोइंग अफेक्शन इज नॉट हेल्पिंग मी एंड द चाइल्ड इज लाइक थिंकिंग एंड दैट्स हाउ शी चेंज्ड हिम व्हाट इट टुक हिम टुक हर टू मंथ्स सो एवरी टाइम शी वुड ही वुड गो बाइट ही वुड से इंस्टेड ऑफ बाइटिंग डू समथिंग एल्स गिव अ हग और गिव अ केस और समथिंग सो इट वाज वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग इट टुक टू मंथ्स बट um going back to what vivek said uh or even satya said about eating or not eating we just have to see whether we are 50 or whether we are 3 uh and alpana will <laughs> go into this also that um we are in yuga yuga if we see we are still 3 we are not 50 plus right uh, we have so many births to take so we are still 3 <laughs> maybe 0 also i don't know So age doesn't matter, but I think 
it just reminded me of this incident when vivek was talking that we just have to think that every every negative thing you know katna is a negative for us right but actually it was not negative for that child it was positive but he didn't know how to express that so maybe that's what we don't know sometimes we don't know what we are doing is right or wrong and we need to instead of trying too hard we just have to reverse it um and see in a in a place that age doesn't matter um it, it just uh, it just flash back to me saying that you know this is how we could be so i just wanted to share that so no I, I, that was brilliant actually both the question and the additional example here i uh, i think in some ways i think there is a solution right there uh, that's one of the items that i wanted to point out anyway so uh, um, coming backing up to the question which is um, from both from satya and vivek uh, the things that i wanted to talk about was um, um, that you know these desires cannot be willed away right you can will away um the chenabatura that you were talking about but the desire cannot be willed away right it has to uh, it has to go by some other means right because the way i see it is that the desires are in your subconscious it's part of your samskaras that it is beyond the direct reach of will right so how how then will will we take care of that right so that's one part of the uh, thing so um from what i see there are couple of couple of ways right one is as i think vidya pointed out through this pratipaksha bhavana which is to replace it with another thought right an opposite thought so what then happens is that new thought that you implanted consciously will go back into the subconscious it changes the samskaras or the overall constitution of the samskaras and and um reduces its intensity so um and then the next time a thought arises that thought is weaker than how it was so over a period of time over a period of time again that's the key thing here it's not going to change overnight right for a period of time the constituency the has changed and the thoughts that arise from that samskara is so weak that you are able to easily go over that so the desires what is a desire right finally it is it is expressed as a thought um and that's how we know it so that is weaker and hence the actions what we say or what we do from that thought is also very much in our um choice if you will right we are, we are not completely driven away taken away by that and to me that state of reaching there would be is is what to me is called um a dispassion right vairagya right when when we are in that when we reach that uh, and um that is a state of vairagya right where you are able to uh, absolutely go across. so the separation is not going to work because separation is at the expressed level right we we are uh, we cannot directly change the samskaras itself so that is still going to be there you may remove the um, the weeds from the top of the soil but the but the seeds are there right so then the whole point would be to burn the seed so that it doesn't have the potential for it to sprout right so that would be the the 
the example. And the Pratiksha, Pratipaksha Bhavanam, uh, so one of them is Pratipaksha Bhavanam. The other, in, in, a, in a slightly, you know, obviously related way, is um, to replace it with a higher goal, right? When, let's say in this case, you are um, fasting and, and then there is a desire to eat something because, you know, we see something and suddenly we, we have this strong urge to eat that. So we replace that consciously. Again, if there is awareness, we can replace that with consciously with, hey, you know, I am doing this with the higher goal of achieving X. Um, so let me stay with that, right? Uh, and still it might come. And then you replace it again, then again, again. Over a period of time, the higher um, ideal, in this case, higher goal will, will stay, right? And you will lose that um, that strong desire of, hey, I, I really need that, that falls away by itself, right? Over a period of time. So let me stop there and see, I mean, that, that would be the, um, the way or uh, from, from what I've seen. So, so if I can come in, uh, Kishore, I think right. what you're saying is uh, we follow the sort of chain of going up from, uh, you know, senses to mind to intellect, intellect. and, uh, and uh, which, which, which from an intention point of view makes sense. I mean, you know, obviously if the intellect was uh, always at the forefront, then we should be able to control the mind and the senses, right? But in right. reality, it doesn't work. And I'm going to take the example that Satya had of food, right? Now, I have a huge sort of, uh, you know, I have a sweet tooth, right? And so I decided to kind of not have sweets uh, in a way sort of trying to abstain uh, to begin with, right? And what it did for me was that it helped me uh, sort of become fitter because I was accumulating calories, which I didn't need, right? Now, the goalpost in a way changed because I said I felt fitter, I felt lighter, I felt nicer. And so, uh, you know, sweets became less important for me, uh, although the taste remains. And now I'm at a point where I'm, I eat sweets because I like them. I won't deny that but I eat occasionally and in moderation, right? So in a way, sort of that chain works as long as we're thinking logically, right? Having said that, the same thing does not work for me. Uh, another example would be on meditation, right? My intellect knows that if I get up in the morning, I, I meditate, it'll be good for me. It'll, be, it'll calm me down. It'll make my day go better. And even if I put an alarm for five o'clock in the morning and I wake up, I'm just too lazy to do it for reasons that I don't understand. And so my question is, what, question, the question is why does that happen? I mean, it works in some cases, it doesn't work in others. Maybe the, the desire to change is not strong, perhaps. But equally, I mean, you know, we, we talk about vasanas and proclivities is the reason why we do what we do. But isn't there like an element of sort of hormones, for example, right? I mean, we have the, you know, the, you know, hormones that kind of make us want to eat more, right? 
So, you know, the, the thing which I struggle with is that it works sometimes, it doesn't work other times. It sounds all logical. Uh, I love this kind of phrase that somebody uh, said, which is that your senses are the servant of your servant and your servant being the mind, right? And so you have to kind of, you know, so the, so the sequence is well established and it all makes sense, right? But the question is, why does it work sometimes and why does it work the other times? So may I just jump through? I don't know whether somebody else was, was ahead of me, but this is very exciting. So, you know, let's blame the microbes, you know. Uh, 40, about 55% of the living cells in our body are actual, actually microbes, which are not really associated with us. Um, and it is, it is sort of recognized that that microbial makeup that we have attracts. So after, spicy, after a spicy meal, you know, we feel like eating a lot of sweet and people who have a sweet tooth, just like I do, um, have a particular pull towards that, right? That's because of the microbes that are drawing that. Um, so I guess if you, but you can change that microbial, but it takes a long time. Um, that's one side. The other thing is, is, is our thinking, our intellect and what we think is good for us. So, you know, I had a complete, uh, you know, like, like there's a story about the princess of Kashi, everybody will be familiar with, but what happens, right? I mean, the moment the prince figures out that actually that princess he's in love with is he himself, that, that desire that love desire just goes away. So what am I saying? So, you know, I had a, I, for 30, 40 years, I had this thing that non-veg is good for you. You know, meat is good for you. But then I saw and I read and, you know, I, I understood and then that, that is just gone. But still, you know, the microbes, so it's so a combination of what we consider to be good for ourselves evolves over time. And as long as we, we think something is good for us, in, in not overtly, but in it's hardwired into us, unless that changes, it won't go. And then there's a biological function as well, uh, which which goes with it. That's my understanding. But you know, anybody has a better uh, way of explaining that. Would love to hear. Okay, so I would like to come in here. Vivek, I you know did read your message as well. So I think let's stick to, you know, the basic point which you're making, the conquest of senses, right? And the conquest of senses is in two ways. One is forcibly, forcibly and second is naturally. Okay, I, I'm just trying to define the, you know, the question. I think that was the question, forcibly or naturally, right? So I think, uh, honestly, you know, I have still not found the answer in any scripture, any Godman. First, so this is the disclaimer. So I'll just try to add a perspective. So let's take two ends of the spectrum. At the extreme left end, let's take Jainism, which says finance, self-finance, pulling out your hair, not wearing clothes, okay, eating, you know, only this much. And uh, Jain Munis, and if you know, you know, they take a vow in the morning. If I see a black bull you know, at such and such time, only then will I eat, right? And itna hi khana hai, itna isme aasakta hai, right? So that is one end of the spectrum. And I think that side, you know, is all about our sannyas and ghar chod deo and uh, etc, etc. So that is, I would call it forced. You know, when you leave home, you've not left attachment. You left the symbol of attachment, the object of attachment. But the love, affection, attachment might still remain. 
so so many sanyasis you know i mean i i know at least two three of them you know went there came back went again came back etc etc so that's one end of the spectrum forcibly you know sort of at the physical level you know sort of abstaining self finance etc etc the other end of the spectrum is osho you know who says that repression is not only not required it's detrimental it will erupt like a volcano and you won't even know when it will erupt and he says forget about it you know and he gives two two examples only i'll give uh, one he says suppose you leave your house and you start sitting under a tree and then somebody else starts coming uh, start sitting next to the tree then you'll say are you to mera ped hai you know i've been he says tumhara kaise ho gaya he says main to yahan reh raha hu bahut time se so he gives one example and second he gives very very beautifully you know some of his you know talks you know he says that imagine you know you're wearing a shawl right and that shawl is of vasnas and you're walking and there is a thorn you know there's a flower and that shawl gets stuck in the thorn and you're walking and it just falls off that's the way the vasnas should leave you pata bhi nahi chalna chahiye they should just drop off so that's the other end of the spectrum and i'll just add uh, you know the perspective of many of the gurus from india who became very popular in the west like maharshi mahesh yogi and if you remember in my talk i also said they just said yeah sirf pm karo 20 minutes subah 20 minutes sham ko forget about all this ashtang yoga anyway you can't do it and rest of it will follow so what the what he what many of the guys say it's a panacea सिर्फ मेरा मेथड कर लो बॉस और कुछ करने की जरूरत नहीं है यू नो सब कुछ अपने आप हो जाएगा सो आई डोंट नो वेदर इट वाज हार्ड सेलिंग बट आल्सो लेट्स रिमेंबर दैट यू नो इन ऑर्डर टू एटलीस्ट मेक पीपल टेस्ट मेडिटेशन इफ यू हैड सेड नो ड्रिंकिंग नो नॉन वेजिटेरियन नो दिस नॉन नो दैट बेकअप देन नो बडी वुड यू नो कम देयर सो आई जस्ट वांटेड टू फर्स्ट पुट द टू एंड्स ऑफ द स्पेक्ट्रम वन एंड इज फाइनेंस एंड द अदर इज डोंट यू डेयर टू रिप्रेस okay so these are the two ends of the spectrum and i think the answer lies somewhere in between but where does it lie at 30 60 30 50 70 100 i don't have the answer but i think it's a mix it's somewhere and the worst part you know i'm sorry to say it's the worst part you know when you get thoroughly confused when you don't have you, you don't know whether this is the way or that is the way then they say yaar koi ek rasta hi nahi hai koi bhi kar lo you know if you read very deeply you want to know boss you know i really want to know am i on the right track give you thought management you know you have to continuously revisit every quarter every month am i on the right track japanese call it pdca plan do check act you know i must constantly check check and monitor and then sam godwin will say no 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 don't worry ab chalte raho if you you know sort of you sow the seed and you know keep on sort of checking you will be nowhere so you just trust and keep going but we are all you know intellectual people we want to know and like you know vp uh, and i keep joking about this roi element you know that uh, i at least want to know if i'm on the right track or not and then when you say hey buddy i am not really able to figure out then they say don't try to check too much and then you say hey is a right or b right no all three are right then i'll take the osho route no that's the best if that is the right route then why abstain no freak out but no 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 that is indulgence so i think i in my i'm i'm not going to uh, you know say what i have learned but i'm just trying to you know give the two ends of the spectrum i think the answer somewhere lies in between but where exactly as i said 30 50 70 100 i don't know i just wanted to 
you know, give this perspective. That's Awesome, that was beautiful, uh, Rajiv. I think the and the beauty is that the uncertainty, like the, whatever um, you know, path you take, the belief that it will lead you to uh, the right path is is what your ROI should be, right? Um, because it's unquantifiable, and that's how I feel. See, the thing <laughs> you is, talked about the, ROI. You know, the thing is that, uh, of course, you know, we can debate this. Maybe we can have a separate session on it. I think the stakes are too high. The stakes are too high to leave it ambiguous. If you see the amount of suffering that's out there, you know, if it is really Chorasi Lag, Yonia, and, you know, I mean, people are, you know, sort of uh, getting, you know, I mean, stuck in a, you know, in a, in a mountain and, you know, some people fall in a glacier. So if you go to the hospital, the suffering is so much. And if I say, Chalo, main believe karke chalta no, I want to know, at least I want to have some kind of an indicator. You know, whether I'm on the right track or not, because if you see, you know, the amount of people who are pursuing the path and yet there is so much of, you know, suffering. And I think at some point, maybe, you know, we can talk to Rajesh. I think we should have a session on five enlightened masters whom anybody in this group is sure that they were enlightened. Only five across millions of people who are following the path. Give me the names of five masters whom you think were genuinely enlightened. I am still looking for the answer. I don't know. Buddha, I can say because it's a palette and maybe he was. <laughs> Give me five. So, you know, we're talking of all 18, 20 of us getting enlightened. How many Rajiv, people in history, uh, <laughs> Ravi Shankar's entire organization are enlightened? How many people did Osho enlighten? How many Maharshi? How many no, no, did uh, Sadhguru? Rajiv, the, yeah, sorry. The point, yeah. is, the point is not who have been enlightened. We don't know about past living, living masters. Yeah, so uh, I'm saying take living, non-living, take, you know, take the, yeah. I mean, our, our, our Sadhguru, you know, if you look at, okay, Dalai Lama, Sadhguru, um, you know, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, um, uh, who's a, who's a Patanjali Guru, uh, Ramdev. Ramdev. You know, I mean, by all accounts, they lead, you know, very good lives. Uh, they, they have, they're doing great work. Uh, are they realized souls? Do we consider them? I mean, they've been 100 years, 200 years, you know, potentially might become as big as Google and, you know, people will think Baba Ramdev was a great soul, but do we consider uh, him? And there, there, you know, there are lady gurus like this. Uh, you know, the, 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 the lady who's the head of uh, Brahma Kumaris, for example. Yeah, Shivani. Um, no, 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 Shivani is a sports one of them passed away recently. There's a new one who's taken over. Okay. There's a hundred-year-old lady or something like that. You know, version. Anyway, look, I mean, it's a, it's a relevant point, but I don't, I don't know whether there's there's a path to a closure on that. And, and this particular topic that, you know, Satya has provoked, I'll blame him. I don't want to take the blame all to myself. Um, <laughs> Is there closure to this? Is there a path to closure? So, I, if I may come in, um, Rajiv, when you were talking about the spectrum, the way you know, the way I have thought about it is that it is all about where you are starting, where an individual is starting from, and in some cases, it may be that uh, being an ascetic might work for them, 
and uh, because in their prior births they have given up so many vasanas and they are ready to go down that path and be able to uh, improve their you know karma or improve their um, uh, spiritual progress and mm-hmm. for some it may be the other end of the spectrum that you know like i have been listening to osho thanks to alpna on ashtavakra and ashtavakra just says it happens it just happens and he talks about a story of one particular king that he was having fever and you know his queens were putting balm on him so that he could calm down and their bangles were disturbing him so he said get rid of bangles and the moment they had only one bangle suddenly this king gets the enlightenment and he says boss of sabri mein aa gaya i am leaving everything i am going to the forest so so my point is that you know i think uh the way i have thought about it is that it could happen in so so many ways that one has to just focus on their own internal practice and see what works for them and then continue to find their way uh through that journey and perhaps that's why having a guru becomes important because then guru can judge where you are um to your in your language right he can see that what has happened in the last quarter and what has happened in the last week and whether you are on the right path or not so that's how i would probably think about uh, the the spectrum that you were talking about that's it right yeah no no i i've been i've been sort of listening to this and you know the way i kind of think about it is uh, you know this whole journey towards uh, mukshutvam i mean i you know you might i might sound a bit sort of pessimistic but i'm not i i actually have no illusion that i'm not going to be enlightened this uh, this life it's, it's it's an obvious answer i think i mean i, I don't know about the others but and 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 that is also enlightenment mm-hmm. <laughs> right that <laughs> self knowledge vivek i don't know about enlightenment yeah it's it's yeah it's, it's more around sort of you know i know my i, I know where i where i am at some level right to this whole point about you know things that you know what am so what am i doing i am doing what you know i'm i'm progressing i'm doing things where you know they make sense to me where i have conviction right and over time we've seen that look i had no conviction on things which i am now sort of uh, you know inclined to think about right so it's a it's a progression you keep sort of working at it you keep changing your vasanas you you keep working towards it and uh, you know it you know this is a process of from what you hear in all the all the lectures it's a, it's a process of thousands of lives so uh, you know it, it if it doesn't happen now it's fine i mean the thing as long as we're kind of taking baby steps and keeping keeping moving forward <clears throat> i think we're good <clears throat> in fact i, I was kind of uh, looking at uh, 2.60 and actually there is a the, the 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 one of the commentary says that the you know the sensory controls aren't easy and that you know even the most learned can be swayed right yeah and so don't beat yourself up if you are not able to kind of you know control your senses in all circumstances or all situations and you know just be alert just be alert i mean be conscious you will fail sometimes you will be successful sometimes and i think from my perspective the way i sort of think about it is just keep moving forward uh, it's a long journey and you know it's a, it's it's more than a marathon in many ways and so right. i don't think we should worry about sort of 
you know, what will take us there or what is the right path? I don't think there's one path. I, just, I, I think the path is to just keep moving forward and, and being conscious of what you're trying to do. If, if I may uh, jump in here. Um, uh, Swami P uh, keeps talking about FIR, right? Which is frequency, intensity, and recovery. So um, as, a, as a means or, the, or as a framework, to test ourselves, see if we are making progress or not, since that came up. So what, what is that, right? Just to remind ourselves there. So if, um, let's take, uh, let's say anger as an example, right? So let's say we, um, we do get angry or frustrated eight out of 10 times given a situation. Let's just say, over a period of time, the frequency, it, it, does it reduce? Does it now come to, has it come down to six out of 10 times? Right or five, uh, and and then keeps progressing down. So that's frequency. How intense was that anger? Has that intensity reduced over a period of time? And then how quickly were you able to recover from that? So yes, you got angry. Uh, it, yes, we said something, but are we able to just come back and get back into the center, uh, get centered again, very quickly, or does do we dwell upon it uh, for a long period of time and the entire day uh, is 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 wasted by dwelling on what we did or what happened, right? So FIR is, uh, is, a, is one framework that he proposes in terms of checking ourselves. And this is not obviously not to, this is for our own sake. There is no need to convince anyone or anything at all. Uh, so that, that is one point, right? The other points that I have seen, again, there was also in some ways, the question is that of, hey, what is the point? Right. I, this comes up again, actually, uh, even in Gita, I think um, Arjun asked something similar. Hey, you're asking me to do this, but what if I don't get enlightened? Right. On one side, I, I, OK, the goal, I don't I don't reach the goal. On the other side, I've given up all the uh, luxuries in life. I'm left with neither here nor there. And that's a question Arjun will ask somewhere in some other chapter. I don't know which I don't remember which one. So. Krishna's answer to that is basically that, hey, don't worry. Whatever progress you made is, is yours, right? The, the progress is carried over, whether it's in this life or in the next life, it is, it is going to get carried over. And, uh, and then that, I mean, we'll obviously discuss that when, it, when we come to that. But similar question was asked, right? So that's one. Um, yet another uh, barometer, if you will, is to, uh, is, I think, Ajay, you kind of hinted at this. Uh, of conviction that you pointed out, saying, hey, in day-to-day in -day life, in day-to-day -day situations, in decision-making, uh, or, you know, I, I personally see that th there is a lot more conviction, there's a lot more clarity in making decisions, there's less fear, or fear has, it also goes down in terms of, uh, and along with that, acceptance goes up. So it's kind of related. So uh, fear goes down. Right now, anxiety goes down again. You'll see that anxiety and stress. I mean, are you stressed about things that may not be in your control? Are you able to just keep accepting and moving forward? Right. So you'll see that that goes down when people say things to you. You don't react very, uh, um, very quickly anymore. Right. So to me, I'm, I actually personally, I don't think about uh, uh, enlightenment at all, I mean, not even a little bit, um, because I think there are huge benefits even outside of that, right? So 
uh, to me, that would be the ROI. The, the key ROI being, uh, am I able to be in the center? My mind is centered. It's not agitated. It is at peace and content. It is enjoying peace and contentment. To me, that itself is a, is a huge, uh, I mean, that's a huge uh, goal in itself. And, uh, and if that can be there in a long, well, if it's long lasting, and if that's, if I can be there most of the time, yes, I will get swayed here and there, but can I come back to that state and be there most of the time? To me, that is enlightenment. Yes, it might be more, obviously, uh, it could be more, but to me, at this point of my journey, that is the base camp, right? That's the base camp I'm walking towards. Um, and beyond that, who knows? Uh, but if I can reach that base camp, that is, is a good achievement in itself. So. No, well said. Well said. Should, I, should I just respond to this uh, last two comments? I think two people have raised their hands. I don't know, VP and Vivek. So do you want to speak before or should I just respond to the last three comments? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Raj. Okay. So firstly, what Vivek, you were talking about, uh, you know, the people you mentioned, Sadhguru, Shri Shri. So I, I, what I want to say is they've done well for themselves. They have created huge organizations and there have been, you know, many before them also created. And I would like to definitely call them as evolved. You know, for, for me also, it really doesn't matter they're enlightened or not. If they can teach us a thing or two, you know, that's, you know, good enough. And uh, just because they created BAMOG, very big organization, millions of followers, is no benchmark that they are enlightened or not. So I don't get, uh, you know, swayed by that. You know, it could just be a good, <laughs> compelling value proposition. They marketed it well, etc. But the point of when I said five people is, you know, if you haven't been there, then please don't try to show the path to anybody else. You know, that's one underlying thing. That's an underlying, you know, some of the Danda gurus, you know, who are very, very strict, you know, use this language. So I'm talking about, you know, there's no word like that. I know in English, but the bona fide-ness of the path, you know, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about enlightenment. I'm not bothered about whether they are enlightened or not. If somebody can teach a thing or two, you know, if he can help me to go from you know, minus two to zero, I'm very happy. But I'm talking about, you know, the certification of the path. Have you been there? You know, have you been there, done that? Or you just, you know, sort of got a compelling value proposition, you made it. So that was my prior part, you know, comment about, uh, you know, enlightenment. And as Ajay, you said, and Kishore, what you were saying is, you know, I am also least bothered about enlightenment. Forget about this life, even in next 20 lives. But what I'm really worried about, and that's why I say it's a high stakes game, that from minus two, am I stagnant or am I going to minus three? These are the only two things I worry about. Even if the needle has started moving from minus two to minus one, I'm fine. And the examples which you're giving, uh, Kishore, I do definitely agree that they are the probably the nearest proxies for us to, you know, there's no sort of barometer, you do EEG, you do anything. There's no scientific way to prove. But I do see that you know, your emotional management, you know, whatever examples, FIR, all, all about, you know, your emotional, you know, sort of managing your emotional quotient. And I'm 
you know, there are many other ways to do that. There is NLP, there's hundreds of other ways, you know, where you can, an angry young man can become a calm guy, you know. So I don't think spirituality is, is the only path. So, but yes, that's the nearest proxy. And yes, I wanted to just add to what Ajay was saying. Yes, important thing, as I said, is from minus two or minus five, wherever you are, as the needle started moving towards the positive side, at least that, you know, assurance, you know, uh, I think other than, you know, your anger, your stress, which are the nearest proxies, I, I don't know whether there are any other, you know, things available to really assure oneself that whichever guru path, method, meditation, scripture you're following is taking you there. Maybe. Yeah, so I, uh, as, as Kishore was talking, I had a very random question. So I just thought I'll put it out there if people want to comment on it. I was just thinking that obviously Krishna is God and he knows everything, right? We, we take that as a given. So then he would also know that Arjuna is not going to get moksha after listening to all the jnana that has been given in 18 chapters, right? So then why would Krishna waste his energy on, on uh, Arjun um, and not give it to, let's say, Yudhishthir, who was supposedly much ahead in the spiritual path? So I'm just, this is totally random question, but I just thought I'll put it out there. Ask Krishna. <laughs> anything for a friend yeah I, I think the answer that is, is the answer anything for a friend <laughs> that is the answer <laughs> I think he was very trusted and uh, a true friend so he gave it to him uh, you know in, in the most uh, trusted way so Raji whatever you what came out of your mouth is, is the truth I think But didn't but did Krishna kind of give the <clears throat> the gyan to, uh, to to Arjuna because Arjuna asked for it or sorry surrendered to him and asked for it. I mean Yudhishthir or somebody else may not have asked for it. So I think there is that element of Guru's. No, no, so so my 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 point is that even if Bhagwan is giving you gyan, um, yeah. if you are not ready, you will not get it. Even though, even though I mean it has been explained in eighteen chapters. Yeah. Uh, over and over. Uh, so I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, again, just going back to the point is that if, if you're not ready, uh, it won't happen. It's just, it's just one of those things, right? But, and Rajiv, your answer is, I think, right. And Vidya, you are also right in the sense that I think that's a very nice explanation that because he was trusted friend and he just went for it, knowing to probably that it won't make a difference ultimately to this guy's life, at least in that particular, uh, in that particular life. So, well, actually, yeah. uh, uh, Rajesh, sorry to cut across, uh, VP, uh, sorry to cut across, I love Alpna and Kishore to jump in there, but, you know, my understanding for all the scriptures is that actually, uh, you only get revealed uh, some version of God to the extent you're ready. Is actually the opposite of what you just said, in that, uh, uh, you know, a, and, and it goes back to why did Duryodhana had the same opportunities to ask for <coughs> Bhagavan Krishna to be his chair. In fact, you might be deemed that he had the first opportunity, but he squandered that. Uh, so, but, but, but I mean, I think 
you know, Alpa and Kishore, I don't know what, and, and Krishna, others who haven't spoken, what, if anything, would you say to this? I think let's get uh, uh, Guns and Krishna and Mukun. They have also raised hands, and then I'll go. Can, can, um, can I, uh, before that, can I ask Vivek, like, can you explain why you said it's opposite? I didn't get that. Um, very simply, <clears throat> that, that the revelation only, only happens when you're ready. There is no, um, you know, it's, it's like this, uh, very simply, you, you only win a lottery if you buy a ticket. Yeah, it, just the desire to win a lottery will, will not in itself manifest the lottery prize, right? Um, take anything. You know, if, if, you, if you have to food, I mean, basically the point which I took on very early on in, in, in Swami Dayanand's book uh, is, is around serendipity, what we consider to be really great luck or, or great tragedy in our lives. The seeds of that have been sowed and our actions have, have moved us towards that from much earlier on. Um, and that is why I, I'd say that you know, there is no wasted lesson from a true guru or God. Um, okay, no. I, I get what, what you're trying to say. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah Vivek, my only, just, just my only point was that uh, to your example, I think God gave him the winning number also that go buy this particular number uh, lottery ticket and you will be a winner. And yet he could not become a winner. If you, if you see what I'm saying. Right, so he gave him the recipe. He gave him everything. Yes, he was ready for getting the knowledge, but ultimately, um, he was not there. Um, no, but even it's after also, he was given, even after he was given the number itself, that this is going to be the winning lottery ticket. So that's that's how I was thinking about it. Hey, uh, if I may comment, um, I just got a couple of comments. One is uh, Vivek to your point. I, I do agree that uh, uh, Krishna probably chose Arjuna because he was his friend. But uh, if you step back and think about it, I'm also thinking Vyasa was the author of this, this work. And it was meant for the world, not just for one being or one human being. So from an author's standpoint, if I want to say something, it's a it's a really clever way of saying, I'm the authority, so listen to me. And uh, hello world, here I am. This is, this is how, it, how things work. That's one thing. Um, that's one comment. The other comment I had was the, with desire, ambition and all that. I'm, I'm kind of checking out chapter four now. And uh, it talks about uh, that very complex thing which we discussed last year which is look at action in inaction and inaction in action. So it goes back to the state of mind, um, I feel. So depending on the state of mind we are in and how we get nudged along the way, you can either choose to uh, go one way or the other at any stage in life. Like even when you're 10 years old, you might say that, uh, oh, this is how I need to be. Or, um, or you might realize it at after 50. Um, but it also talks about that there can be no inaction ever until you are actually 
thinking and until you become the quote and quote nyani or knowledgeable one that can be absolutely no inaction that it's it's going to be action whatever you do thinking is action sleeping is action everything that we do desire ambition all of those things are uh, all of the mind senses everything is action so i don't think there's there's any stoppage to that until you become quote and quote you realize that there's something beyond that and uh, the atma concept and everything but even if you know that you will still be performing action like janaka was doing janaka was the was the king right he was performing all the actions of a king he was fighting wars killing people doing all sorts of things uh, but he knew there was inaction behind all that action so just uh, two cents and and when i said nudge i was also thinking about you know if you if you all um, uh, know about richard taylor he wrote a book called nudge it's a beautiful book and how to nudge people and change behaviors over time so this is i also look at this thing as a as like nudges here and there throughout our lifetimes which can which can take us in uh, in a good good path krishna uh yeah so wanted to add something along the same lines so the the point that like even even though krishna said all those things to arjuna he was finally able to do only the karma yoga but it was a net win in the part that he kind of got him to start the war and then fight fight for the right side but it goes to show that how powerful like our ragadveshas or our previous vasanas are that after the fight or everything is over uh, he was not able to stay in that uh, real estate or continue doing that right so eventually but the story goes that they did get moksha for all of them but that kind of goes more along uh, reaching heaven part not necessarily the self self realized prayers uh, part but tying that up to some other uh, discussions we had earlier i think like right now we are at the point where uh, we need a little bit of higher level uh, theory to come back to practice and then this practice and theory kind of keeps going in a loop uh, i used to reflect about this so maybe in the ancient times it worked very well because the way of life the school the religion spirituality and knowledge were all like packaged in one one big thing like you go through the four ashrama stages and then while you are actually going through that you are doing your rituals you are learning and then progressing but now it's kind of uh, diverged we have like a uh, little bit of our regular job karma our way of life but then oh we have this spiritual thing that we are supposed to realize our true nature and come back to that so it's a little bit different but i think this confusion little bit existed even in the time of krishna which is why he kind of emphatically says do karma yoga like it ties back to chapter 2 like right after giving all the important points immediately goes back i told you all about the sankhya yoga but now just listen to karma yoga and then do this and arjuna gets confused little bit and then that's why he asks okay if that is the case then what does a wise person do to clarify did i really hear this uh hear this um hear this right like is this how the wise person does and then he kind of gets and then krishna again keeps as we see little bit earlier from the last year's book to that he emphasizes more that karma yoga is like the only way for us to kind of as a preparatory step to go before uh, before 
anything else like you have to have the mind shuddhi to to know uh but like as i was saying like now we are at the point where if somebody just says go do this we uh, we have uh, we have conditioned our brain mind all our thought process not to not to just take uh, quickly at face value so we need a little bit of this theory or oh, this happened in the story this happened to this person this is the theory this is what is coming up next or even sometimes it's in like in the form of uh, a heaven or this happiness or you'll be at peace and all these goals are promised so as to get us to buy a little bit more theory and have this conviction and then that way then oh i know all these things i am already practicing this sadhana chatushtayam but let me now increase my levels now i have more discrimination and our way for us now in this century is like we need this more knowledge and theory to back up and get more discrimination more vairagya and more mumukshatvam to to progress forward that is the way i kind of think about it, it keeps helping us little bit move uh, forward uh, but i like also the the interim goal part like even even if like we do not reach in this life itself or go the full nine yards all the interim goals are very worthy by itself if you are at peace if you live a moral life and you are able to elevate it to do some selfless thing those all seem like very uh, very nice goals and lead to more uh, happier places than than uh, whatever whatever we started at the base level so in that way it looks like we are climbing up on on the ladder at least we are facing the ladder in the right direction not not the not the other way um, yeah oh just one one uh, final example like i thought the princess of kashi example was pretty cool i recently heard one more example like that the story of karna so all his life he feels very very insufficient and unhappy uh, not not just of anything just because that he is not a kshatriya he's got like all this fighting talent and uh, desire to fight and be very good with bow and arrow but he feels that he is not a kshatriya and then when kunti comes and tell him you are not just even a kshatriya but you are actually a pandava too you are kaunteya uh, that instantly relieves him of like all the dissatisfaction he had in his entire life it just kind of completely goes away so i think like the scriptures uh, swami p ties it very nicely that that that's the same thing like we all have this and then actually that tie back to our shlokas of discussion 62 to 65 the whole thing starts because of that that attachment and one step before the attachment which is not in the shloka is attachment is because of that ignorance that we already have everything we are that purnatvam we don't and he didn't have that he had that one thing like i am not a kshatriya and then all that was needed was to tell him no you are a kshatriya and then boom it's all gone so i think for us we just need a little bit more reinforcement of the message you are purnatam you are purna and then we need to keep convincing ourselves that yes i am indeed this and then once once you go um, you'll go all the way well said muku uh thanks alpana so i think there are multiple comments uh I just I think last from last comment was uh, you know when you meet an enlightened being right generally enlightened is this is my understanding and also of reading reading multiple things and also directly from my master uh, my guru enlightenment is neither I mean it just happens it's neither too hard not too easy it is right uh, there's no precondition that it you need to wait you may end up waiting. and it can just happen right now i mean a lot of examples in scripture angulimala is a great story if you all heard right he was a thief and he was completely other end of the spectrum 
all he needed was just a meeting with Buddha and a few words and the, the lamplet, right? So always they say scriptures refers to as the, the ignorance, a dark a room could be dark for you know, thousands of years. All it needs is a candle, a lamplet brought into it. So it is, it is not a logical process as we are all trying to digest it, right? It is a process that goes beyond mind. And, and mind is almost a, a irrelevant spectacle in the soul journey, right? So if you're trying to measure enlightenment process or trying to grasp it through logic and mind, um, it, it's like, a, it's like a, I think I put an example, a well frog, a frog that lived in the well for all its life trying to describe an ocean. It can never justify it, nor have, nor can grasp it, nor articulate it, nor do it. That's kind of one point, right? Enlightenment is neither easy nor difficult. It is. It doesn't need time. It can happen now. And when you meet, when you have the luxury of meeting and living with an enlightened master or guru, uh, exactly, he will completely reiterate that point. You are that, right? And drop everything. Ignorance is what you need to drop. You don't need to do more work. You just need to drop the igno ig uh, ignorance. Uh, in fact, my guru used to say that uh, don't give up, uh, don't try to give up what you have, give up what you don't have, or you know the, the desire, the missing part. You just need to give up that, and you become enlightened. Uh, that's kind of one comment. So just for anybody who's thinking it's not possible, I would suggest drop that because it can just happen as we end this call. It's as simple as that, and it may not happen for another five lives. It could be as difficult as that. So that's a parad that's a paradox of this whole process. Uh, that's kind of one comment. Uh, the second comment is when, uh, why did Arjuna, why did Krishna speak to Arjuna with all the intensity? Whenever an enlightened master uh, speaks to a disciple, he always sees the possibility of the, because he knows that the, lamp, the, the, the room could be lit this second. So he also doesn't know when the room is going to get lit. So he's always trying to light the fire. He sees the possibility 100%. There's no the master never doubts the disciple, never judges the disciple. That's a subtle beauty of it. So everybody, all of us have the possibility to get lit right now. And when you sit in front of the master, that's exactly how he sees that. Like he's lit, you also can be lit this second. And that's the, that's the bhava with which he will always work with the disciple. So then there's, there's no judging of that. So I just wanted to say that just two points uh, there, just as a comment. No, but Buku, what about the other part where, you know, we believe that Krishna is like the supreme Paramatma and all the adjectives we can use. And therefore, he would, he can actually know what is going to happen next, right? So, so I was just thinking from that angle, right? Because no, that's a fair, what you're saying, it makes question. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying, question. it makes total sense. Yeah, what what I, I always listen from my guru is the possibility exists every second. It is for us still to take the they will never, the master will never override an individual will, right? Uh, they can never override it. They don't have the freedom to override an individual will completely. So still, like to your point, we may still buy the lottery, but somebody has to go present it and collect the check, right? That's still the, the last mile of the responsibility there. Uh, so Krishna, all-knowing, is he sees the possibility. That's that's kind of how I think about it. And, and somebody doesn't, you know, uh, for whatsoever reason, the doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That's the thing. But in that, when Krishna has talked to Arjuna, he believes this completely that Arjuna will become enlightened, uh, or possibly to become enlightened happens. 
Muku, question yeah. for you. So are you saying that, you know, in an instant, all the sort of vasanas and our sort of two galen threes that we all have can just go away in a in a moment and and that that moment happens when 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 that knowledge dawns of the ignorance disappears i mean it just sounds a little bit sort of hard at least for me to 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 think about or imagine but is that what you're saying yes so all it takes is just for us to understand and cognize we are not the body and mind that's it when you wake when you wake up to that reality everything else becomes irrelevant that's all that's all it is but then all this that krishna said in all the chapters with uh, with uh, you know kind of using karma yoga as a way to polish the vas and uh, you know to you know kind of prepare yourself prepare your mind in a way that you can control your mind and your senses and let go of the desires and the likes and dislikes etc i mean I, that's how I, i mean i i understand that is a process uh and you're right i mean when it happens it probably happens instantaneously uh because you've kind of you kind of tra- traverse that journey but uh but that process has to be gone through i would reckon or yeah yeah the way to think about it that is the way i understand it is uh, you know you can um it you can go through the process but that's not the only way right it all can also blow up in one instance so or anything in between right you start and then you i mean it's just the whole spectrum of it all i'm saying is just any any idea that we have it's either we're going to get it or not going to get it any of that is a hindrance in itself because it's something that the mind cannot grasp right it is yeah it is subtle that's all the call out is it's just uh, yeah because because if if uh, arjuna sorry if krishna thought that that arjuna was ready for moksha or uh, he was he was there in terms of uh, uh, in terms of qualifications then he just had to just to stop at 225 or whatever right he didn't have to go through the whole sort of 18 chapters yeah i think very difficult you cannot judge why a master that's what he does right again no, just, it's a, just, I mean, I yeah yeah well, all i'm saying is when he looks at it he always there's no doubt in a in a master's mind that this the possibility exists right now that's the science right see they understand the science you need to bring in the lamp for the room to the years of darkness to go away that's the science part of it right whether this were utter this word i utter the word i utter now will light the lamp or will the word i utter after five cent you know five chapters will utter the lamp or will the will the word i utter now light the lamp 10 years down right sometimes it can happen because it's it's a seed that gone in and suddenly one day you wake up oh gosh this is exactly what he said 5 years back right like a click happens i mean it happens in this class too right out of times when we when you are understanding some theory 3 weeks later something we connect the dots we keep connecting the dots uh, the, the 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 point is it's when the cognition from which he delivers this he sees the possibility of it happening right now for them there's no there's no tomorrow their word like they all live in the now right that's a context yeah thank you just wanted to add we be fair to extrapolate that the lord krishna thought what if arjuna was not really the only goal what if krishna's goal was 
there are going to be millions of arjunas following up in the world so if i say this now to this one arjuna vyasa will write it down and then it will get passed down to all others and then maybe they will have also a chance at uh, self realization i mean it yeah, no, that's a... shankaracharya and ramanujacharya mm. ramakrishna vivekananda and so on so it kind of keeps coming down to us so it looks like uh, maybe that that was like a more bigger goal around there to help everybody out and clarify yeah no i i think it would have been more seductive if it was given to yudhishthir because you then know that he was evolved so that you could have little more hope in life <laughs> vp i'll just add in here that you know <laughs> management by objectives the goal was to make this guy fight and not to enlighten him <laughs> that, that's a valid point that's a, that's a good point i was thinking about it while Uh, we were talking he had to convince him to pick up the you know dhanushwan and get into the fight and it was not for enlightenment at all and i think i agree with you know krishna's point i think if you see any scripture you know god needs an excuse to give gyan no he has to have some <laughs> excuse some context you know so most of them are like that you know some stories are flowing or something so maybe as you know uh showing the path for you know other other arjunas on the way you know i think that that's what i think the objective wasn't to give enlightenment or you know to ensure that at the, at the end of the 18th chapter you know that uh, he'll have a halo around his head all the one question that keeps coming to my mind rajiv is that you know you know in that sort of uh, you know period in in that yug uh, <clears throat> there was no one else who had that knowledge is it before you know krishna had to come and give that knowledge to to arjuna and you know what were the other gurus like drona and uh, kripa and others you know they never gave that gyan in the in the gurukul i mean it's a it's one of those things that spg says it's an interesting question but that's not something we're interested in but uh, i always wonder i mean how did sort of that 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 come about no but i think bishop pitamay was uh, quite enlightened so it's not that it was not there uh, in that period i think it has it had probably diminished with the uh, way you know from sat satyoga it made it went into dwapar yuga right the story is all about dwapar yuga so that's what i think that's how uh, i at least have processed it yeah and i'm sure they were they were i mean vishvishtama must must have been enlightened but you know the gurus you know the gurus of the pandavas and the kauravas uh, you know that 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 knowledge was not given to them until they sort of got into that sort of point in the war right you know two armies are raiding against each other so that was a bit sort of odd in that sense but that's that's probably not 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 important Uh, ajay i hey, i thought what? that in taitri upanishad it says uh, you know the god gave the knowledge to uh, sun god and uh, to ikshvak manu and ikshvasu and ikshvaku yeah. yeah yeah that's how i thought it came so this is much later no it's much later all i'm yeah. saying is that at the time there was no guru who was who was able to give that knowledge ahead of time in you know in the brahmacharya they were all in the ashram right they were learning archery and all the other stuff But they, they went to the wrong schools, Ajay. They probably missed some <laughs> lessons. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think they were. Everybody was going through this uh, education 
or or knowledge right but whether it goes inside you is the is is the difference everybody yeah. learned yeah. this from their childhood like rama lakshmana and all that in even in the stories they all learned it but at what stage do you actually absorb it made the difference i guess Yeah, totally. I think all the Upanishads existed. They even even now when they yeah. dated, all the Upanishads are at least a few hundred years old before Krishna. And Krishna also says, "I am only quoting all what I heard in Sruti or in Upanishads, what others have already spoken." But the the important oh, thing yeah, is yeah, yeah. the correct packaging to the correct disciple. And He was uh, basically copy pasting the whole thing. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, most of his shlokas are from the yep. Upanishads. Itra? Yeah, I just wanted to add uh, to Ajay's question of how do the vasanas just drop off? Um, I, I think, I mean, this is my belief: is uh, we are looking at a very small piece of the whole picture, and we are trying to understand the big picture by looking at one small tiny dot. Um, Ajay, you don't know what you have done or where you are actually speaking. it could be that you just needed one more vasana to get over and you'll be enlightened but you don't know and i think that's what happens in most of these like the angali mala or things right that person might be for us looking like in going in a very bad direction but maybe that was an experience he wanted to gain before he finishes everything yeah so uh, i think we all come into our into our respective lives with a certain experience that we want to experience to go on to the next stage uh, and it could be that as soon as we get that experience and it's our last experience we are done so for people around they will say how did this happen you know i mean i don't even understand this person is robbing and how did this happen because we are looking at it from only this a particular uh, small instance but we don't know what has happened before so i think that kind of explains how things drop so suddenly because we don't have the big picture we only have a very small picture so just want to say that thank you for that that's that's a good point i had a question for uh, mukku when you, when you said um, and then it relates to what chitra just said does it uh, mean that we are enlightened probably every day but we forget and then we again need to work on it that's exactly right so it's just is polishing up cleaning up there's nothing to attain that's the true especially sense. yeah especially i think if what i have understood from swami spg is that when we are going into sleep every night the deep sleep state is when we are in communion with our real self right then we are really really one of course we don't know uh, and and the idea is that if we can get into that same state while we are in the waking uh, state uh, and and that's sort of the way to you know become uh, one forever that self realization isn't that right mukku yes that's correct every day you touch in in deep sleep um, you touch that source so then going back to what uh... rajiv had asked like there's so much suffering right and uh, so much inequality <laughs> so when it, it, is is that because people just forget 
that they are in, not enlightened that particular moment or day and then suffering starts is is that what it is that is correct in fact that is true for all of us right till you are fully enlightened uh, we all suffer <clears throat> and 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 i think the luxury is some of us have like you know in life we are able to have these discussions uh, so at least we know there is an alternative right i mean 20 years 30 years back i did not know that there was even a state beyond suffering right we thought suffering is the normal right way of life this is the way you you marry you know you suffer you go through this you know, people die you you die right it's just is a record that plays right but now because you know having read the scriptures and having seen masters having this this is almost like a vision opens up about a new possibility right so whether the humanity has opened up to this new possibility or not that's a question but everybody else every is everybody else is suffering and most people just take it as a way of life uh, as 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 good as it gets and then move on but i think the the scriptures from india especially uh, the biggest contribution i see is they, there's a new dimension of life they opened up that there is a possibility to live beyond suffering you don't need to suffer i think this is what lot of the india's contribution uh, to the global consciousness is right which none of the western philosophies or not that i'm aware of talks about that possibility so everybody is suffering right? just and some of us are understanding this one more way out of it but in you know, 99% of the world is not exposed to this teaching that's a perspective in fact there are no not even stages there are no stages so you can you can try to think it like that but there are not even stages the veil has to just drop Correct. and we are all enlightened we are actually all enlightened so I, that was actually the only comment i wanted to make to each other do not think that you will not get it in this life you can get it this moment this very moment and in fact what guru does is gives you that conviction so i think the conviction with which muku is speaking this he's met one and i have met one that conviction that it can happen any moment it doesn't and it's not um it's not effort based but it is more understanding based initially and then that initial understanding gives way to um self revealing of it it will reveal yeah yeah when i was reading um uh, you know this book at uh, shloka 64 he he says about master of wisdom and how he um uh, talks about the shadow which is accompanying us uh, depending on the light uh, how it is reflecting it could be you know uh, taken as not really good or really good um, and you can you can usually basically uh, not see the object and get get that desire from that object but just let it have it let like let it be um, i really was moved by that that Um, the best uh, statement that swami spg keeps making and it's worth actually chewing upon it is that the person will never be enlightened so the we can keep trying to be enlightened but this person will never be enlightened yeah we will be free of this person and that's a very very powerful statement and if you chew upon it that what we are trying to do is trying to get this person enlightened which will never be because this is part of ignorance how can 
it's a subtle point okay. to comprehend, yeah. but you're absolutely right, Atan. I mean, that is true. Our, our true nature, right? Is Correct. that we are, we are Brahman, right? Yeah. So and, and it is like thinking it will sink in. <coughs> it will the conviction will come eventually by reading on the logic, etc. But logic is only trying to convince this intellect to let go and not be the hindrance. But again, the enlightenment will not come to this person ever. <laughs> we will be free of and that's where I was, you know, when you were talking about Krishna and uh, Arjun. When you are enlightened, for you, everyone is enlightened. No one is, because no one is bound. So then, who are you trying to explain it to as well? So he's just maybe throwing an arrow in, in thin air, right? <laughs> maybe somebody will catch, somebody will not. But to him, Arjun is not bound. To him, Arjun is enlightened being. And he's trying to talk to that enlightened being. <laughs> If you think from that angle, actually, you know, everything will just fall away. And then you think about, you know, what we, we started the discussion with. Desire to whom? For what? And what is there that we don't have? So what will you desire if nothing is outside us? Who will desire when there's nobody different from one? So then the question of desire will drop away. So it's not that you try to suppress it, repress it, nothing. So there is no spectrum. So, yeah, so beautifully said. Uh, how, how do you explain exactly what you said to a teenager? So we're, you know, one of the questions I had is we're in a stage of life where this makes a lot of sense. But a teenager who's going to university, looking to accumulate, you know, sneakers and do things and lot at the start of a career. You know, so you'll try to explain to a teenager only if you think of teenager as the person. And that's what I was trying to say. If you yourself have has realized it, you know the teenager is not bound. The body and mind is result of a product and it's going through whatever it is. And in subtle ways you can tell them obviously they will get it when they when they try to think mm -hmm. over it. But even that person, that person will not appear to you. That it's not a person. The behind that that figure which is appearing there is an enlightened oneness, right? So who will you explain it to? So sometimes you may get into that. Who who will you try to explain? Okay. Hey, I got a quick comment or uh, another uh, slightly different angle response to what uh, Vivek just asked. Um, just last night, I was talking with my friends on uh, how to uh, communicate uh, with uh, teenagers, right? And uh, I'll, I'll try to share this in our group. Uh, if you look at Gen Z, the, which is supposedly uh, uh, from five years till 25 years, in the last 25 years, if you look at that, uh, generation which is going through teenage and all that stuff, um, they actually get influenced or convinced only by who they uh, look up to in their peer group. This generation is different from the previous generation or even our generation because they, um, they're very, very 
uh, aware of social media and all these different things going around in you know instagram and so many other snapchat and all, all those tools that are available and that's how a lot of fake news also spreads uh, so in in so if there are powerful influencers in their group um, those are the people that uh, you would want to target uh, i'm just trying to uh, give a practical point of view like if we try to communicate with our kids that may not work you'll have to identify who our kids are actually uh, getting influenced by and you got to try and influence the influencers which happen to be in their peer group uh, fortunate or unfortunate <laughs> we can we can decide but that's how it works in this uh, latest generation absolutely gunsan yeah i mean if you take away the satyapragya hat and then try to have that conversation with a with a teenager yes i think what we discussed that you know karma yoga at least that part we can have the conversation with you know um, that you know um, how to oh yeah yeah do right. action without expecting the results and yet given more than 100% of yourself to it so those yeah. those are the things yeah. definitely gita has many many quotes which can be used you know to motivate them to but yet i think I, what i was trying to say was first we need to look at ourselves as well how we are trying to influence if being as an individual then obviously you know the conversation is different but if we go through this understanding deeper ourselves then the then it becomes a very different ball game yeah but you're right yeah uh, you speak through the friend you can get across the message better than you directly trying to have that conversation with your yeah kids. yeah and and if we are saying we should be doing something if we are not doing it then that is a serious problem <laughs> you are absolutely yeah. right <laughs> yeah lead by example i guess right i think we are little over time you know few people didn't talk and i didn't i didn't nudge anybody anybody wants to make last comment so we didn't even start on our 64 65 60 sorry any of the shloka 62 to 64 so we'll carry it forward as is and we'll try to discuss that because that ladder of downfall is also quite it's very powerful to to yeah if we want to even abstain you know if we want to even from intellectual suppression i may call it you may not suppress directly the desire but intellectually trying to overcome it i think it's a great one to to understand and memorize the eight level ashtang not the yoga but the, the other down one down <laughs> down down just shows you really ashtanga yoga shows you how far, how deep down you will fall which is great yeah rajesh is not going to miss anything has hasn't missed anything really <laughs> i don't even start so all right no thank you very much it was a, it, it's a great discussion i think in each point you know nothing can be can be given up but but yeah very different different perspectives i think and if we can pick up anything i think that that's great All right. Om. Oh.
Thanks, everybody. Hari Om. Hari Om. Thank you. Hari Om. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.